ERN. Pause, renew, next. A podcast about soul care, scripture, and stories of faith. I'm Jenny Detweiler, and after a couple of weeks off, friends, I am so glad to be back with you today. I don't know about you, but my January was very busy. February is going to be as well, but hopefully in the middle of all that, you're practicing soul care. I know I'm trying to as well. One of the changes that took place for me in January is that I got Invisalign. So if it sounds like I'm talking slightly differently, that would be the reason why. This is the first podcast of the month, and that means we have a guest interview today. Today's guest is a gem. Her name is Emily Darnell. I met her on Instagram. She is an author, a mom, a Bible study leader, and a homeschooler. She's also a bit of a biblical scholar, which you'll hear about in today's episode. I was so thankful to get to talk to her about her book, Deep Simplicity, Meditations on Abiding in Christ. She has so much wisdom to share about abiding, about our spiritual walk, and about what that looks like in different seasons of life. I think you guys are really going to value what she has to share. I know that I do. So with that, let's jump into the conversation. Well, Emily, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited that you're here. Would you like to share just a little bit about yourself, whatever you'd like people to know about you? Sure, and thanks for having me. Um, I currently live in Central Virginia with my husband. We've been married nearly 19 years. We have two children uh, that I homeschool, and I love that part of my life right now. I'm a lifelong learner, so for me, it's very uh, enriching and rewarding to be passing on that love of learning and hopefully training them to be able to learn whatever they need to in life, to be able to tackle whatever it is. So I love, I love that. We are very outdoorsy people. So all our free time is spent outside, heading to the mountains, hiking, biking, anything, camping. We love it. Um, so that's a little bit about that. I got my master's in philosophical theology because, again, I just love learning. <laughs> So, uh, so also in my free time, I'm reading a lot of either philosophy or theology. That's really cool. I love that. And I can tell that you have a master's in all that from reading your book, because there's a lot of deep thinking, deep theology and all that. I know that it look, it sounds like in reading your book that you've been highly trained for sure, which we're going to talk about your book in a minute. But first I wanted to start out by talking about gardening because I read that you love to garden and I do too. And I talk a lot that, a lot about that on this podcast, I feel like. So what do you love to garden? Well, my first love was herbs. That's where it all started. I, I studied the history of herb gardening and I just planted whatever I thought I could use, not only in the kitchen, but also as teas and whatnot. When I, you know, you get a cough or you're feeling under the weather and, and certain herbs are just really helpful for different different ailments and they're beautiful and, and they flourish in whatever kind of dirt so they're easy to start with um, from herbs it went to flowers I like to plant so that I have flowers year-round mm -hmm. which is not too easy but here in Virginia my camellia bush is currently blooming my Lenten roses just pushed out a few buds so if you plan ahead you get a little piece of beauty in every season um, Limelight hydrangeas are my other favorite. But I also do vegetables. We do spring, summer, and fall vegetables in some raised beds, which is fun for the kids. 
I just send them out. Oh, pick some peas. <laughs> I love to can tomatoes too. There's nothing better than a fresh tomato. Um, I agree with that a hundred percent. The ones in the store are just not the same no, at all. It tastes mm-hmm. like cardboard. Yes. Yeah. So that's so interesting. Um, I feel like I have not gotten good. I'm sure there's a better word proficient in herbs, mostly because I grow them and then I don't think to go and cut them and use them. So then they just are these beautiful bushes that I never actually use. So I need to find some recipes like, for instance, dill. Like I use that when I make pickles, but sage and things like that, I feel like I never actually use them. I think I'm going to, but then I never do. So I just need to talk to you and some of my other gardening friends and get some good recipes for all that. I end up throwing sage in a lot of my soups. Okay. And then I make chicken pot pie a couple times throughout the year. So I, I use it there. I also taught my kids, this is an old Native American trick, as a sage leaf. You just rub it on your teeth and it does something to freshen up your gums and your your um, oral health. <laughs> so I'll catch them every now and then just picking a leaf, rubbing it in their mouth and, you know, going back to their play. That's so fun. That's really interesting. Okay, let's talk about your book for a minute. Deep Simplicity, Meditations on Abiding in Christ. So your book goes hand in hand with everything I feel like that we talk about on Pause Renew Next. Mm. Um, And I love the word abide. And I want to dig into that with you in a minute. But first, can you tell us how you came to write your book? Sure. I had been teaching Bible studies and speaking at retreats and different events at our local church for probably about seven years. By the time my kids were old enough for me to go away on what I call a personal retreat. So I took this personal retreat. I went up in the mountains, had a a night in a hotel by myself, and I took all my journals, all my notes, my hymnal, my Bible, and I just had free time. (laughs) And in reading through a lot of the things I had taught or studied, I started to see this theme and it just hit me. Oh, it's it's all about abiding. It all connects. It's like that's the one word that connects so much of what you see in the old and new. And so I just started outlining and I stayed up nearly all night, which is crazy because I'm not in college anymore. (laughs) I don't pull all nighters, but it, it was just flowing. So by the end of that time, I had an outline. And throughout that summer, then it was, it was summertime. So, um, I wasn't schooling my children. There was just free time, playtime. So we'd just go outside and I'd sit with my laptop and type away and they would be playing in the, in the pool, the little kiddie pool or in the sandbox or or what have you. And by the end of the summer, it was finished. And I think it it all came together because I was really pulling together things I'd already written. And so I had, a, I had my notes. So it was uh, more of a pulling together. That's beautiful. So it sounds like the themes the Lord had already been working on in you. And it just kind of like coalesced at one time yes. on that retreat. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like that happens when you're learning and studying. It's that, that the Lord will show you over time. Here's what it all means. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Pulls it all together. So the word abide, I think, is maybe my favorite word, if not one of my favorite words. And you know how everybody picks a word of the year. 
Mm-hmm. I want to say for like four or five years, I just picked that word over and over again because I was like, I'm not sure I still have it. I'm just going to pick it again. <laughs> still my favorite word. I can't think of a better one. I'm just going to pick that one. And I think for the the average Christian who's been in the faith very long, they've probably heard that word, maybe have a general understanding of what it means, but I would love for you to define it for us. What does abide mean exactly? Sure. And part of the reason I was excited to write this book about abiding is because around the time that it was all rolling in my brain, I kept hearing from from different people, what in the world does abiding mean? Who could even know? (laughs) Oh, we can we can understand, we can grow in learning. This is it's here for us. But abiding, I would say it's both active and passive. It's both a matter of who you are who God says you are in relationship to him in that he is keeping you in this relationship. But it's also active. You're called to abide, Mm -hmm. to remain, to dwell, to rest. Um, Think of it as we all crave security or peace or help or shelter or just to run away sometimes. And instead of a place, we have Christ who says, come unto me and I give you that best. And I am everything you need. Mm-hmm. So it, uh, in abiding, we learn that it's mutual. It's him and us. It's, it's you abide in me as I abide in you. And, and I think that that seems mysterious at first because how can anyone live in me? <laughs> but you you grow to understand it. I, I think it's one of those things that the Spirit leads you to understand more and more as you're in the Word, as you're praying, um, not as you try really hard, but as, as He just shows you. So it's, I would say to abide is really a, a word about dwelling and living, not just sitting on the sidelines, not just sitting back, and, uh, but definitely an active following and and realizing that he has said, I am the bread come feast on me. And we say, oh, well, that's what I want. Mm -hmm. I want feast. I don't just want a snippet. I, I I want it all. And so part of abiding is realizing that we're really, as we're drawn into that relationship of mutual indwelling, that we become partakers of Christ. That's how he makes us more of who we are, more human, more le- less like the fallen self that we were, the one that was so oppressed by sin and brokenness and more free. Mm-hmm. And, and the obedience part comes in, like in John 8, where Jesus is talking to some Jews who had started to believe. And he says, well, abide in my words and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And, and so the the abiding then is this continual thing mm-hmm. um, that, that you abide in his words, that you continue to come back and to cling to them and to grow in your belief and understanding of who he says he is, who he says you are, how he tells you to view the world. We come to have his perspective rather than our own. Um, so and it's not a checklist. Not like here's how to abide. Mm-hmm. Step one. <laughs> but it's more of a just wow, a relationship. 
okay, I'm not going to try to program this. I'm just going to partake. That's really good. I, in my understanding of it too, I've thought of it as active and passive, which is a mystery to do both at the same time. Mm. Um, And the way I like simplify it in my mind is because he talks about it's a connection, like abide Mm -hmm. in the vine. We have to be connected to Christ. I think about it as the active part is holding on Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the passive part is being held. And that's a mystery. Like together, we're holding on to Jesus and he is like holding on to us at the same time. So in in the in your book, at the end of each chapter, I love how you have a practices section mm-hmm. because we know that reading is fine, but we don't always remember or like we move on with our day and we don't do anything. And then it went in one eye and out the other, I guess, or in one ear and out the other if it's an audio book. Um, but as we begin to practice, we can begin to work it out and do, and then it becomes a part of who we are. So I'm wondering for you, I think that you, it seems like you have some really great spiritual disciplines that you write about. Mm -hmm. What spiritual disciplines are you using these days in your own life and how do you find them helpful for your spiritual walk? Mm -hmm. Well, in some of the practices sections, I recommend particular passages to journal through, meditate on, and really incorporate into your prayer life. And so for me, I, I still do that. I still find chunks of scripture that I realize this needs to be the prayer of my heart for a while. This is what I need to journal through, think about. And, and so for me lately, it's been Psalm 92. It opens with declaring that it's good to give thanks. It's good to sing praises. I will declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night. And so I've I've been thinking a lot about, you know, why is it good and what does it do in me and um, what does it do throughout the day? Then just sitting back and realizing, okay, well, I want to commit to a season then of opening my day with just rehearsing what I know of your steadfast love because that's what's going to get me through the day. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the evening, Okay, I'm going to look back on your faithfulness. You've been faithful to work in me, around me, through me, in my children, in my husband, in the local church, in my friend's life that I've been watching her walk through this or in my family in these ways and rehearsing those. I've enjoyed that. It brings more awareness to just his continual, constant presence and work. Yeah. So I love that for so many different reasons, but I'm also wondering, do you just do that mentally? Do you journal it out? Does What does that look like for you? I've journaled some of that out, and a lot of it is just mental as I'm walking through the yard. Uh, I'm taking my dog out for a potty break at 1030 at night, <laughs> looking up at the stars saying, okay, I'm going to rehearse your faithfulness mm-hmm. while my dog sniffs around and does her thing. Or uh, in the morning, you know, watering the chickens and then walking around the yard doing various things, just enjoying the view of the clouds and and the sun rising and just in my mind rehearsing his steadfast love. And I need to bank on that today. But some of it, when when I'm, I've had a few days that I've thought, how am I really going to make it through? And that's when I write it down. 
because mm-hmm. I just need to really get it out. And I think that helps me focus and it helps you release it in a different mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Okay, it is his. There it is. Cover that in your love today. <laughs> I love that. Um, and that takes me into the next thing I wanted to talk about, which is motherhood. Although I realize not everybody who listens to this podcast is a mom. So I think this relates to other issues as well. But I think about um, anybody who's a caretaker or has a lot going on in their lives, it's hard to find quiet, maybe stillness, alone time, even (laughs) all those kinds of things. And what I love about what you just said is you took parts of your day that were you were already going to have to do. Like you were already going to have to water your chickens. You were already going to have to take your dog out. That could have been a time that you were listening to a podcast or that could have been a time that you were talking to your mom on the phone or checking Instagram or et cetera, et cetera. But instead you made that be a quiet moment where you could pause and spend time with the Lord and really reflect. And I think sometimes when we're so busy, we don't maybe get a whole hour to ourselves. That that might seem like a luxury, but maybe we get 10 minutes to take the dog outside, <laughs> or maybe we get a 10 minute drive to work or something like that, where we have to just grab what we have. And I loved in your book, how you talked about how your season of spending time with Jesus changed when you had kids, how it went from before to after and what that looked like. Can you talk a little bit about that, what that's been like for you? Sure. Having kids was a real wake-up call because <laughs> I thought I was flexible and patient and very go with the flow. And then you have this little one who requires care and you cannot ignore that need on account of wanting to sit with your coffee and do your normal routine that is so peaceful. And so I, it was a wake-up call to realize I have to seize the little opportunities here and there or I have to just completely change up what I'm doing in, in some ways. That's when I started listening to scripture hmm. through the Bible app, which is fabulous. Just getting getting scripture read to me while I dance around trying to console this little one. <laughs> or while I'm trying to maybe do a, a household task and entertain him at the same time. <laughs> um, things changed as well with uh, he required a lot of my time with his naps. It was not an easy nap schedule. Some babies, I understand, just go with the flow and you lay them down and they nap and it's beautiful and precious. And my son would only nap on me. And so you have this choice of a baby who never naps because I lay it down and just say, this is my time or I change it up. So I started to view those times of of holding him, which is really good for you, by the way. It releases all those happy hormones. Oxytocin. <laughs> yes. The bonding hormone. Yeah. It actually heals our heart tissue, which is amazing. Oh, that is amazing. Mm-hmm. And so then I could just turn those into times of prayer and maybe even take a nap myself, realizing, hey, I'm tired and I didn't sleep through the night and this is okay. I need rest and here it is. I need prayer and it's not ideal because I'm not, I didn't um, craft this perfect moment of quiet. But if I I just seize those moments as they come rather than planning them, um, then my my heart was, was growing and filling and communing with God 
and just in a, a different season, you know. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love, I love how you said that. Like I couldn't craft it and maybe didn't fit my expectations of what I thought it was going to be like, or what I had had previously. Or what I do daily. Here's what uh, I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, this, this. Yeah. But like you said before, he gives us bread to eat. We just have to recognize it when it shows up. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm wondering as much as you love scripture, is there a particular passage? You talked about Psalm 92. Uh, like a one that you have your whole life that you just always turn to or one particularly that God is using in your life right now or teaching you things out of or that you're studying in a Bible study. Second Corinthians four has become that for me. Oh, I love that passage. I have always loved how it describes him enlightening and filling up the, the darkness and that now I am his. And, and of course, the end is always good to, to focus on with what my hope really is. It's a passage I chose to memorize, and it's one of those that I will just recite whenever. And, and the Lord has taught me numerous things, just clinging to different phrases here and there. It's amazing how you, you, you keep this passage, you love this passage, but then you still have those aha moments years down the road. Because now this part is what he wants you to focus on. And, and so Second Corinthians 4 has really been that for me. It's just been constant food. Mm-hmm. Realizing his power is at work in me. And when I am going through a tough time, how can I view it as being perplexed but not despairing? That's right. Paul knew despair. He despaired even of life in chapter 1. But he knows the God who helps you through that. And so Mm -hmm. then he's able to say, we don't need to despair. We can, you know, we have his spirit at work in us and and then viewing your situation as temporal and it's light and momentary even. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And just uh, how he is at work in the community together that he would present us all together before Christ. And so it's a reminder, too, that this is the process he has for all of us. And I'm a part of his body. It's not just just me. It's That's right. all of his children. Yeah. Yeah. It is funny how he does that. I mean, there were a few passages, I feel like, in college that the Lord was working on in me. But even now, sometimes those phrases just like pop into my head while mm-hmm. I'm thinking or praying. And then I know it's the Holy Spirit because I wasn't even thinking about that. But somehow it was in there boom, and it comes right back up again, or I'm learning something new about it, or I'm seeing it in a new way, even though it's, I've known it for a long time, but now it's different. It's like a new piece of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that passage too. Okay. I want to end on a really fun note. I know that you love to read, that you love books. So do you have a favorite book or some books that you've been reading lately that you're loving? I cannot possibly choose a favorite. (laughs) That's okay. You don't have to. <laughs> too many favorites. So I would have to say my my favorite nonfiction would be John Owen's Communion with God. It's very Trinitarian. He he breaks it down into these little snippets that you can just chew on forever. It's beautiful. It is some of the most beautiful writing. Um, as far as fiction, I'm a big fan of Lord of the Rings. 
I'm also a big fan of everything the Brontes wrote except for Wuthering Heights. Oh, interesting. Those are, those are books I can reread and reread, and I just love them all. Um, but I do a lot of young adult fiction reading as well because we read together as a family. So I'd have to say I love Edith Nesbitt and everything she's written, um, especially Treasure Seekers, Railway Children. My kids still quote from these. Mm-hmm. But then also reading lately, I'm rereading Nancy Guthrie's book, Blessed, with a couple of friends. It is so good. I'm also reading uh, some theology by Thomas Torrance. That's, this is my year of Thomas Torrance. I'm just going to dig deep into some of his books. And for Family Read Aloud, we're currently reading The Ranger's Apprentice. And it's one of those books that uh, my children just say, oh, one more chapter, please. Oh, that's <laughs> so great. It's, it's going to be a good one. That's yeah. great. We used to do Family Read Alouds. I used to be a homeschool mom. And even before that and after that, I've tried to read some. Like when they were home for the pandemic, we read we read a series together and they loved that. We've done some audiobooks together in the car on road trips and things. But it's been a little while. So, I mean, we did like a family devotional at Christmas that they really loved. But as far as read aloud books, because I have very spread out children. So I have a seven-year-old on the low end. And then I've got a 14 and a 16-year-old that are busy in the evening. So now it's kind of hard to find something that applies to everybody at a time that everybody's going to be home. Mm-hmm. So I had heard All Creatures Great and Small. Have you have you read those books? Yes. Okay. I had heard that they were really good. So I was like, okay, we're going to try this. And my husband and I have watched some of the TV series. So I was like, oh, this will be fun. Let's try it. So the very first chapter has him, um, what are you, birthing a calf, but it's very graphic. And my kids were like, mom, what is this that you're making us read? <laughs> So we got through the second chapter and they were like, I don't know, but I'm going to keep trying or try a different book. It's just so hard when their ages are spread like that to find something that applies. And I'm a girl. They're all boys. They've got, they want something that's, you know, applicable to guys. And so that doesn't always interest me either. So we're having a hard time finding some right now. So I may have to look into some of those that you talked about. Yeah. Ranger's Apprentice might be because my my daughter's eight, my son's 11, and uh, even my husband and I are just, ooh, what will happen next? Yeah. I mean, they've all loved the C.S. Lewis, the the Narnia series. Like, they love those. So, But when you find a series that they all like, you got to latch onto it. Yes, indeed. Well, Emily, it was really fun to talk to you. Is there anything that you wanted to say that you didn't get a chance to? I don't think so. Okay. This was fun. Thank you. Yeah. So if people want to find your book or if they want to find you online, where are the best places for them to go? Well, the book is available from the publisher, Christian Focus. It's also available through Barnes & Noble or ChristianBook.com or Amazon. Uh, To find me, I blog at AbideDeep.com. And you're on Instagram, so they can find you there as well. I am on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I will make sure I link to all that in today's show notes too. So if people want to find it, that might make it a little easier. Thanks. Well, thank you so much for being on. It was really fun to have you. Thank you. This was fun. Thanks again, Emily, for being on today's podcast episode. It was really great to connect with you. I always love to talk to other moms and garden aficionados. 
of course, also women who love Jesus. Friends, if you'd like to know more about Emily, about her book, her website, her blog, I will link to all that information in today's show notes. Well, guys, here's a little update about what you can expect for the rest of this season. Each month, I will have a guest interview. For the rest of this month, we are going to have short reflection episodes, hopefully an exercise that I'm going to teach you, as well as a Bible reflection episode. And then starting in March and probably headed through at least April and maybe even into May, we're going to do a deep dive on attachment styles, what that looks like in our walk with each other, what that looks like in our parenting styles, what that looks like in our relationship strategies, and what that looks like in our relationship with the Lord. So I'm really looking forward to our time together in the coming weeks. Well, that is all for today's podcast episode. I'm Jenny Detweiler with PRN. Pause, renew, next. May you be encouraged on your journey with Jesus. Jesus.